This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and I'm by myself today. Charlie is not here. If this is your first time ever listening, well, then you're in for a treat, because this is way better than normal when I have to deal with Charlie sitting across from me, throwing out all these crazy ideas all the time. Just kidding, of course. That's a joke. But if you want to watch live and comment live as the episode is going, then I have to once again tell you to go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com, join for as little as five bucks a month, and you can hang out with me or myself and Charlie during the show. So we're going to do a little bit of a weekend recap today. Obviously, some big, uh, terrible news over the weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that. And also, we're going to run through all of the ridiculous responses and articles that were written in response to the verdict for Kyle Rittenhouse, which if you've been living under a rock, if you don't know, he was found not guilty on all the charges. I'm sure you already knew that, but a lot of people have a lot to say about it. So we're going to read some of them and respond to some of them. Well, let's go ahead and dive into some of the bad, terrible, depressing news over the weekend. There was a Christmas parade going on in Waukesha, Wisconsin. I, I read that pronunciation from someone who is reportedly from the area. And so I'm going to call it Waukesha because that's how they said it is pronounced. But at least five people have been killed and dozens more injured when an SUV plowed into a Christmas parade on Sunday in Waukesha, Wisconsin. There are children among the injured, and they do have a person of interest in custody. Now, why would we be covering this on a political podcast where we talk about the goings-on in the country? There's a terrible thing that happened, and uh, there was a loss of life. We don't like it. We are against death. That is terrible. But why would this have any type of political connotations really whatsoever. And here's the reason. We don't have to really complain about this too much because maybe this is how it should normally be. And that's why this is so annoying that it has to be covered. This is really how it should normally be. You see, what we're doing right now is we're saying we don't know the motive of the person who did this. We don't know exactly why they did this. We know that it was terrible. We know who did it, but we're going to wait and see and we'll come out and we'll figure out maybe sometime what the motive was. Maybe we won't, but this is terrible and we all agree it was terrible. That's really how things should be covered right there. But these days in 2021, 2020, the last several years, of course, that's not how we cover things. Normally, when there is a specific set of circumstances, we have to add on the race of the individual, 
the race of the people that were killed, the reason that they likely would have done this. We need to call out things like white supremacy or domestic terrorism. We got to call out all that stuff. But that's not what's being done right now. And I don't know which way I'm supposed to cover it. Because in one direction, I got to say, well, this is the correct way to cover something. I didn't hear exactly what the race of the person was or what their what their motives were or why they obviously hate the people that they were running over anything like that. I just saw this terrible thing happen. Here's the news story from CNN. This terrible thing happened. And so this is how things should cover should be covered. Or I could talk today about how this is not how things are actually normally covered. This is being covered very, very differently because up to an hour ago, I didn't see uh, anyone in the mainstream media talking about how this was domestic terrorism, how there was uh, any kind of racist overtones here, anything like that, that this was uh, this supporter and they hated these other people. That's not what I'm hearing from the mainstream media. So good on them for covering something how maybe they should, but this also pinpoints how terribly they cover things most of the time. Now, the actual driver of the SUV, his name was, I'm going to say, Darrell Brooks. All right. I'm going to put up a picture in it. Listen, it doesn't, this shouldn't normally matter. The only reason that anything like this matters is because of the age that we live in right now. All right. Because, and we're going to talk about this when we talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse thing in here in just a little bit, because there's this other line of conversation that's happening right now that, well, if Kyle Rittenhouse was black, then he would have been killed already, or he would have been found guilty or something like that. And while sometimes that's a a ridiculous thing to say, because you're not saying anything about the case, that's not talking about anything factual inside of the case, whether or not it was self-defense, anything like that, that's just talking about... I am upset that if this person were of a different race, then this would have gone completely differently. And at some point, you got to look at that and say, okay, well, is there any is there any truth to that? That is the thing that we should talk about. Okay, that is specifically the thing. And so what the reason that this really matters for later is because now I'm seeing a lot of people on the other side of the aisle say the same thing right here. Well, if this guy were white and he ran through a a crowd that was full of people of a a different race, then this would be covered completely differently. And the thing is, we all know that that's true. We all know very specifically that that is a true thing. And that just really goes to tell you how awful the media has become that we all know that they would cover things completely differently and it's not based on the facts of the case it's not based on the information that they currently have at ham it's it's based on their political ideology and that's how they cover things and so what's really important is we all just have to know that and what we have been saying quite a bit here very often is When you see things from any of the major news outlets, just just assume that it's a lie or that they're manipulating you in some way or they're not giving you the entire case. That's really the only reason that we have to say this. And I think a lot of people are waking up to that. A lot of people are. Well, a lot of us are going to independent journalists or 
these these new news outlets that have just sprouted up in the last few years, and that's where we're getting a lot of our information. And as more and more people go and do that, maybe, just maybe, people will wake up to the fact, and I mean the people running these mainstream media outlets, maybe they will wake up to the fact that in order to keep a reader base or a listener base, they're going to have to cover things fairly. They're going to have to cover it in the way that they're that their customers want them to cover it. Now, once again, I will say we have no idea. We, we have no idea why specifically this guy drove his car through the parade. What I do know is that what I get from CNN or what I get from MSNBC is not what I would normally be getting. That is definitely not what I would normally, because what I saw at the top of CNN's page earlier up until like an hour ago when they did a press conference and everything on it, was that this might have been an accident, that he was actually running from a, the, a scene of another crime and just happened to drive through this parade of people. Now, when, when would you ever get that kind of information from the media that this person just plowing through a group of people, well, this must have been some kind of crazy, I mean, uh, he's obviously at fault for it, and he's guilty for it, but he didn't mean to do this. You know, he was running from a, the scene of another crime, where there was apparently some type of a incident involving a knife that the police have been talking about. He was just running away from it. That's really all it was. And so what you're doing is you're not assigning any type of motive to the person's actions. You're not going with, this was a domestic terrorist attack or anything like that. Whereas, you know, if the situation were just a little bit different, they would be all over it, all over it, front and back coverage all day and night. That's all we'd be talking about right now. If this guy were white, that is exactly how everyone would be covering this right now. This is domestic terrorism. This is white supremacy. All this, you know exactly what everyone would be saying, but that's not what we're saying now. Now we're saying, well, you know, actually going through the crowd, uh, this might have been an accident because he was running from somewhere else. He was speeding. The words they were using was he spread, he, he sped uh, through the crowd. He was, you know, really just talking about how this was an accident. We got to take a break and talk about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness, something preventing you from achieving your goals? I've gone through this before. Charlie's gone through this before. He uses BetterHelp himself. I've gone and talked to counselors before. Sometimes maybe you're being a little bit too hard on yourself. Maybe there's a different perspective that you need to look out for. Taking care of your mental health is something that is very important and it's also very possible. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You're going to connect in a safe and private online environment, so much more convenient than fighting traffic, going into the office somewhere. You just get on the app and talk to someone. You can start talking to them in under 24 hours. This is not some self-help app. This is actual professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor anytime, and you're going to get a timely and thoughtful response. And you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to go to that freaking waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to giving you great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. 
If they match you up with someone and you don't like them, you can switch over to someone else. It's more affordable than actually going into the office because you're just doing it over an app. And this is available worldwide. You got expertise in so many different areas, depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family, grief, self-esteem, anything you share is confidential. This is very convenient. It's professional. It's affordable because you're doing it through an app instead of going into the office. You can go to the website and check out the testimonials. And by the way, this is not a crisis line. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. There's a reason for that because a lot of people are using this app to get help. If you want to start living a happier life today as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com GML. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. Some of the conversation around the Kyle Rittenhouse story over the weekend was a little bit ridiculous. Some of it we just need to ask, like, is this true? And then can we fix that problem? Why don't we fix that problem? Why, why don't we, instead of just saying that we need to put Rittenhouse in jail or in prison for the rest of his life because that's what would have happened if he, if he were black. Well, that's not that's not justice, but that's been a lot of the uh, arguments I've seen. That's what it seems like the arguments have been. So we'll cover a few that you guys have likely already heard when it comes to the Rittenhouse thing. There's your obvious things like from Joy Reid. You we, you know, I was I was like refreshing Joy Reid's page trying to see what she was going to say about this on Friday. So she says, we knew, but it's sometimes helpful to remind ourselves how America was designed to work. It continues to work as designed. We have learned again what is considered legal for some people to do in America. It is helpful to know where you stand in your country. Be safe out there. So, of course, what she's saying is that our legal system was designed for white people. It was designed for white supremacy Now, in the very beginning. Is it true? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we uh, I think we know that. All right. So, is there something we could do about that now? Like, is the answer to make sure that this person was put in prison because they were injustices in the past? So we got to make sure that we continue that we that we legislate our injustices equally on people. Is that really what it is? I don't think that that's the the best way to do things. Let's go ahead and run through a few of these. So you're going to see people cover this in a different one. This is just white supremacy. They're going to be covering that this was completely wrong. This should have never happened. And a lot of people are just saying, well, what if Kyle Rittenhouse was black? He would have already been dead. And so we'll, we'll talk about how to address a few of those different arguments after we run through some of the ridiculous statements. Some of this is being cut off on the video right now. I, I can see that now. All right. I see it. Clearly, clearly. All right. So from Colin Kaepernick, he said, we just witnessed a system built on white supremacy validate the terroristic acts of a white supremacist. This only further validates the need to abolish our current system. White supremacy cannot be reformed. So what I need when I hear this from people, when someone just says that like that, like, it's like, oh, well, my contract stipulated I had to say white supremacy three times inside of this tweet, so I got that done. I went ahead and said that three times inside of the tweet, so it was a good thing. I got to say then eight more tweets today, and then I will uh, check off all my boxes for today. 
when I see that, what I need is for someone to just tell me how. Tell me how this case was white supremacy. Tell me exactly what it was. Some, someone, please. The, the fact is, just, just saying it. We live in a world these days where you just say things. It doesn't matter whether or not they're actually true. Can you give me, someone give me a specific case, and I know that there, I know that there probably have been, and let's see if everyone will get on the exact same side. All right, so there was a, uh, a black person who went into a crowd they had a gun and then someone tried to attack them and then they used self-defense and then they were actually convicted of murdering those people. The case exists. I'm sure it does. Someone talk about it. Someone tell me what it is. Let's find out what that case is. Because if not, then what are we actually, what are we actually saying here? And then there's the obvious stuff. Like how does this end up being white supremacy? You know, you got a white guy going into a crowd, killing two white people shooting another white person. And this is all being, this is all happening from white supremacy. I watched the press conference that happened right afterwards. And they had, uh, you know, uh, Gage, no, they had um, Huber's girlfriend was up there and then a lot of other people were talking. And it, it was weird because they wanted to talk about the racism and the injustices and BLM and stuff like that. But since the people that were killed were white, you could tell everyone was having kind of a hard time doing it. So they just, they just started talking about the system. Huber's girlfriend, who also happens to be white, I was talking about how the system was just not built to work for people like us. That's literally what Huber's girlfriend said. This white girl, uh, this, uh, you know, barista wannabe looking girl got up there and talked about how the system wasn't designed for people like us. What does she even mean? What, what is she talking about? I mean, this, it, that's ex- <laughs> according to her, this is exactly who, who it was made for. I don't understand. I really don't get it at all. And so people were trying to push it towards this race, racist injustice system, but really it just ended up talking about the system of capitalism. A lot of the press conference was talking about how our capitalist system was going to have to be torn down and abolish this system because this is what comes from it. Someone tell me what that has to do with anything, please. Are we just using this as a platform to talk about the wish list from Antifa? Is that all that's happening right now? Another side note, by the way, when, when the BLM protests were turning into riots through 2020, I heard several times that this was actually Antifa or provocateurs getting in there. And it was BLM that was wanting to be peaceful. And then it was these crazy ass white people that would come in there and they would turn the protests into a violent riot. And they were co-opting these protests and turning them into mostly peaceful riots. Thank you for, for reminding me these, these protests and turning them into mostly peaceful riots. And so I'm, it's, it's interesting that that was used as an excuse. Of course, the BLM protests, those are peaceful, and then it's these crazy Antifa people that are coming in and making them violent. But then, of course, we have the violent protest happening, and someone goes there to defend property, render medical aid, all that kind of stuff, and they end up having to defend themselves, and that was, of course, because they hated BLM and they were a white supremacist. 
but I thought that they were only violent because these crazy-ass white Antifa people were going in there and burning stuff down. I don't know. Does it have to make any sense? I don't think it has to make any sense. I think you should just say whatever you feel and don't ever worry about anything having to make any sense. That's what's most important. All right, let's go to Corey Bush. So the judge, the jury, the defendant, it's white supremacy in action. This system isn't built to hold white supremacists accountable. It's why black and brown folks are brutalized and put in cages while white supremacist murderers walk free. I'm hurt. I'm angry. I'm heartbroken. White supremacists, white supremacists. I think that's what probably didn't have enough characters to say that there at the end, but she needed to say that a few more times. Did we cover it three times in there again? We did. We covered same white supremacists three times. Someone just tell me how. If this is uh, somehow the, the KKK in action right now, someone someone show me how. I saw plenty of video evidence from this thing, and we can talk back and forth about whether or not he should have been there, but what we did land on was that he had the right to be there. He had the legal right to be there. And so once we get past that argument, when, see, people can't get over that hurdle. It's not should he have been there. It's did he have the legal right to be there? Could he go there and do what he was doing? Yes, he could. He could go there and do what he was doing. So when you get to the argument of should he have been there, that part doesn't matter. You have to say, does he have the legal right to be there? And then since he had the legal right to be there, it doesn't matter if you're triggered by the sight of a gun or you're upset that someone might be there with a fire extinguisher to put out the fires that you're setting inside of a car. All that doesn't matter. What matters is, was he attacked? And then did he have to defend himself after that? And the answer to that was yes. We know we know the answer to that question because it was all on video. Thank God. It was all there on video. All right, so let's go on to someone else. Who else we got? Mark Mark Ruffalo is out there. I don't even know what this guy's saying half the time. I'm not sure he does either. But this isn't this just isn't a good look. It really isn't. We but what else do you expect from from old Mark Ruffalo over there? The Hulk himself. We come together to mourn the lives lost to the same racist system that devalues black lives and devalued the lives of Anthony and Jojo. Yes, that is Anthony Huber and Joseph Rosenbaum. Anthony and Jojo. He knows Jojo really well. Good friends, him and Jojo. Been hanging out in Hollywood for a while with Jojo now, I'm pretty sure. After all, we have seen and heard about these weapons of war, these killing machines. There is no doubt that people who faced this young man were more afraid of him than he was of them. He was one. He was the one with a weapon of war, loaded and ready to be used on people. Now, if you wanted to put the proper context around that, one, he says, we've heard about these weapons of war and these killing machines, so there's no doubt the people who face this young man were more afraid of him than he was of them. Well, then they shouldn't have gone chasing after him, trying to take his weapon of war away from him when he hadn't shot and killed anyone, hadn't done anything like that, just decided that you were going to chase him down and try to take the thing away from him. That's not a good idea, since he heard about that. The other thing is, People are made to be more scared of a gun. Like you see a gun, you just feel really scared. You know, this guy's obviously going to kill a bunch of people because guns, you know how they, you know what guns do. They just magically just start going off and just spraying through the crowd. That's a, that's a typical thing that we see in the news all the time. You know, he was the one with the weapon of war loaded and ready to be used on the people. Okay, that doesn't matter. Did he have a right to be there with his weapon of war? Now we know that the Wisconsin law was 
uh, unclear, somewhat unclear, but it was pretty clear about the length of the barrel that was uh, necessary to make it illegal for him. Turns out they dropped the charges when it came to the gun laws. He could be there with his weapon of war. Even though we don't use AR semi-automatic AR-15s in war, I don't know if that's important. Does it matter whether or not it's a weapon of war? Like when you, so, when you talk about a weapon of war and you put the words weapon of war in your tweet twice, does it matter whether or not it's a weapon of war or you just say whatever you want? I think we know the answer because I've already said it a few times today. You say whatever you want. It's 2021. Who cares about what facts are? Facts? Facts are so 2020, man. We just say what we want. Facts aren't 2020. What are facts? 2005? I don't know. 1957? When was that? When was that a thing? When were facts a thing? Anyone remember that being a thing? I don't either. All right, the next one, I saw this going around. This is another bad look. Now, this guy wasn't the originator of this idea, but there was this uh, thing going around. Kyle Rittenhouse is the equivalent of someone jumping in the lion's den at the zoo and then shooting the animals in self-defense. He had no reason to be in Kenosha that day, no reason at all. Well, isn't that a great argument? Man, Kyle Rittenhouse going down to a BLM protest was just like jumping in with all the zoo animals at the zoo. (laughs) That's a great argument. Great argument. You know? Man, what... (laughs) What a great idea that is. And the thing is, like, you can say that. I get 2,500 retweets when I screenshot this three days ago and not even think anything about it. Oh, yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse going there was like jumping in the pen with the animals at the zoo. (laughs) Wait, the BLM protesters are like animals at a zoo? Does that ever pop up in anyone's head? Ever? They were like, oh, wait, I just called the BLM protesters animals at a zoo. No, that doesn't happen in anyone's head. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. Just say what you want. Okay? (laughs) R.I.P. Harambe. Okay? Rest in peace. But that's, man, what a great, what a great point. What an amazing point. All right, let's go on to who's next here. Bubba Wallace. I see, I I get on Twitter and I see that Bubba Smooyay or Bubba Smollett is trending. I'm like, why is this trending? That's because Bubba Wallace spoke up about this thing. He said, ha, let the boy be black and it wouldn't have been life. Hell, he would have had his life taken before the bullshit trial. Sad. I saw this argument several times. We're going to get a little bit more into this argument here in a minute when we go through Uh, This article from Politico, I believe. Yeah, Politico. Let me go through this because AOC kind of said the same thing. Elizabeth Warren kind of said the same thing. So we're going to go more into this argument. We already talked about it just a little bit. But the a general consensus over the weekend and over the last couple weeks was if Kyle Rittenhouse were black, then this would have turned out completely different. Yeah. All right. The other thing is Kamala Harris. Now she she's really good at acting like the the past never happened or like history doesn't exist or that no one could ever look up any of her records on anything because she literally goes out and she touts her record as a prosecutor. You know, like, "Oh man, my 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 prosecutor record was so good. It was so equitable." 
Today's verdict, here's from Kamala Harris. Whoops, let me go back to this. Today's verdict speaks for itself. I've spent a majority of my career working to make our criminal justice system more equitable. It's clear there's still a lot more work to do. Jeez, I hope she doesn't mean that she has a lot more work to do making the criminal justice system equitable. Because if that's what an equitable criminal justice system looks like, then good Lord, you can look up any number of things from her. She was like that. She was that prosecutor. She's that AG who, uh, you know, they just want to win. That's all they want to do. It's about winning at all costs. That's really it. And um, trust me, VP Kamala, you don't want to have another conversation like you did with Tulsi about your record as a prosecutor. You just don't. You really shouldn't go. You really shouldn't go down that road at all. Now, this ridiculous thing I saw from, from Yahoo News. Let me just get this over to the right screen. I'll read you what they had to say. Just a paragraph. Here's how they described the Rittenhouse situation from Yahoo News. Jury finds Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty of all charges in high-profile murder trial. Here's their description of what happened. Rittenhouse was 17 when he carried an AR-style semi-automatic rifle on the streets of Kenosha during a turbulent protest in the summer of 2020 and opened fire on demonstrators, killing Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Huber and seriously wounding Gage Grosskritz. Is that an accurate description? He took his AR-15 to a protest in the summer of 2020 and opened fire on demonstrators. Man, tell you what, if that were, if that were the kind of news that I was reading and I never looked into anything else, like if that's all someone read, could you blame someone for feeling the way they do initially? Now you can blame them later on for not looking up the rest of the facts or like going to different places. But you know how that sounds. It sounds like he just went to the protest and just started spraying the crowd. Like, oh, there's some demonstrators over there. Let's just spray them down with my AR-15. That's what I want to do. That's really what I want to do right there. Okay, so that's how Yahoo News wants to talk about it. Also, when I was searching this from Yahoo News, I thought it was important to point out the fact that they're, they're also very concerned about biased media coverage making everyone angrier. So this is right when I, I clicked on the one above it from Yahoo News and where they tell me that he just went to a protest and, and uh, opened fire on demonstrators. Like Joe said, technically true. There's a little bit more context in between there that maybe would be important. Next article down was biased media coverage makes everyone angrier. Like I said, y'all, it doesn't matter. Just say whatever you want. Why are we all so concerned about the truth all the time? You don't have to worry about saying the truth. Okay, just say whatever you want. That's what you got to do. All right, next one. Chilling Rittenhouse verdict emboldens vigilantes. Warns this Wisconsin newspaper. Wisconsin paper Saturday attacked the verdict to quit shooter Kyle Rittenhouse saying the decision is sure to embolden militant people who seek to take the law into their own hands. Rittenhouse is no hero as some of his defenders pretend. He behaved like a vigilante and didn't deserve to walk free, given his recklessness. 
The Wisconsin State Journal declared an editorial, yet the law unfortunately skews in favor of shooters who claim self-defense. That needs to change. Rittenhouse wasn't making anyone safer by parading through the crowds of angry people with a semi-automatic rifle strapped to his chest and, according to prosecutors, pointing it at people before the conflict escalated. All right, so you can make the argument, once again, you're going down that route that he shouldn't have been there. And I think there's, there's plenty of room to talk about the argument of whether or not he, he should have been there. Okay, But here's what this emboldens. I don't think it really... I don't think it really emboldens anyone because you've either got the right legally to go somewhere if you want to, or you don't. Depends on what the laws of your state and localities are, okay? What this does tell you is if you're a protester slash rioter, uh, you can't just attack someone and then expect that they can't use any kind of self-defense. In fact, there's... Uh, some good precedent. This is just another one of them. It's not as if this is the first precedent that there's ever been when it comes to someone having a gun and using it for self-defense. But here's another one that's happened right here. If you go and attack someone, uh, then if they use their guns on you, they might be able to claim self-defense on this and, and have some legal standing on here. That's really the idea to me that this emboldens that you do have the right to self-defense. You can't find him you can't find him guilty based on the idea that you don't think he should have been there. That's not the way that the law works. Did he have the legal right to go there? The answer ended up being yes. And in fact, even if you don't have the legal right to go there, if someone attacks you if you think they're going to do you harm, you can still use self-defense. You just might end up getting in trouble for some other stuff after that happens. All right. So they ended up finding that he was acting in self-defense. We got video footage galore of this entire thing. Okay. The Kyle Rittenhouse verdict reinforces, this is from Politico right here. The Kyle Rittenhouse verdict reinforces a long American tradition, white animus against black grievance. From Politico. Although Kyle Rittenhouse did trial for shooting three white men. Okay, at least we got that out of the way in the first sentence. That's good. Millions of Americans saw a bigger issue at play. Millions of Americans decided to see a bigger issue at play. I'll just add that in there. Rittenhouse traveled to Kenosha and taken up arms because he, a white teen, was riled up by protesters demanding justice after the police shooting of yet another black man. Do you think he was riled up by protesters demanding justice or was he riled up by rioters setting the blocks on fire inside of Kenosha where his dad lived? Like, was that, was that maybe what he was riled up by, uh, by people just breaking out windows and setting cars and buildings and stuff on fire? No, it was because there were protesters demanding justice after the police shooting. Of yet another black man, Jacob Blake. I am Jacob Blake, yet another black man. Nice to meet you. In this sense, the acquittal was another in a long line of legal wins for an un undying force in this country, white animus against black grievance. You see, that's what this is. When we see black grievance, when we see people that aren't white, anyone out there that are upset about a perceived injustice, we just get mad as 
as a white and your white kicks in and you're like, man, I don't like it when people that aren't white get mad about stuff that are, that, that's happening. That's bad to them. Come on, all you whiteys out there. You know that that's exact. That's the only level of thinking you have is I'm white. They're not, they're mad. I'm mad about that fact. That's That's basically it. Come on. You've known that forever. The American history white animus against black grievance is always justified, it seems, whether the targets of the animus are black or not. Ultimately, the animus has the power to override everything. The law, the Constitution, the sense of decency appeals to the notion of one America. Now that a jury has found Rittenhouse not guilty in all accounts, the the justice system has only reinforced the validity of that animus, giving the alarming new currency and legitimacy. No, they reinforce the idea that if you have the right to be somewhere and you can have a gun because this is America, that it doesn't mean people can just attack you because they don't like the fact that you have a gun or they don't like the idea that you just followed them with a fire extinguisher and put out the fire that they just set inside of a dumpster. Okay. No one likes dumpster fires. And so he was trying to put some stuff out too. That's what it's reinforcing. You can't just attack someone because you don't like the fact that they have a gun. It wasn't that, well, since he was white and people were protesting bad things that happened to black people, that he somehow has this magical new right to go do these things. Did we make any new laws on this? Do we, we, we put some new laws in the place where it says like a, a white guy that gets attacked by people can use his gun to kill him only if he's white and that's it? No. No, no, we didn't do that. Any white person taking up arms against blackness these days is instantly condoned in certain corners as brave. You wasn't taking up arms against blackness. There's, there's differences. There's a difference here. It would be one thing if this were just a totally peaceful protest. Hell, if it were even a mostly peaceful protest, it would be a different thing. But we all know that it wasn't. And you can't remove that from the situation. You can't just say that just because the, the reason everyone was there that night was because of blackness. Whatever that is. You here for blackness? Yeah. I'm here for, both here for blackness. That's cool. All right. You can't just say that because that's the reason uh, that anyone who goes there to try to defend property or to try to put out fires or try to render aid, well, they're just out there fighting for whiteness. That's what they're doing because apparently black to people in the media can unironically just say that, well, if you're out in the street setting shit on fire and breaking windows, that's blackness. That's great. And if you're out there trying to stop people from doing that, that's whiteness. That's what this is. Like, do they understand that that's what... That's, that's what they're saying. Can you not separate out the fact that there's people out there breaking the law, destroying property, assaulting people, anything like that? Can we not have a nuanced conversation about this? Oh, okay. Raising the gun for, see, for too many Americans, it's become one and the same, a form of denying and denigrating black people in this country that isn't right, but it is tradition. The most tragic thing is that it's perfectly legal and perfectly American. It is perfectly legal and perfectly American to, to uh, defend yourself, you know? So, I don't know. So, once again, we're going to get into this idea that if Kyle Rittenhouse were black, 
then he would already be dead. Remember, that's what Bubba said. Bubba said that he'd already be dead. Well, then we get into this article from NBC News. So they're upset because Biden's first statement, probably Biden's only statement, the first one was him responding to reporters. The second one was a written statement released by the White House. Listen, did he actually do the second statement or were they like, oh, we got to put out some fires here, figuratively speaking. So we're going to have to put out a new statement. This first one said, well, we got to respect the jury decision. Second one said, well, I'm really upset about this. So I'm super upset about this. I, I really don't like this at all. The first one was him on video giving his first response to the situation. Second one was a written response from the White House. I don't know. Listen, I don't know that he didn't do the second one. I'm just saying he didn't do the second one. After Kyle Rittenhouse trial, Biden still thinks the jury system works. He's wrong. Thanks largely to Republican political tactics, the courts were already losing legitimacy for millions of Americans before the jury found Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty on Friday. Progressives are now afraid that President Joe Biden doesn't even see the problem. Rittenhouse will face no penalties despite shooting three protesters in Kenosha, ultimately killing two. Rittenhouse mounted a self-defense claim for each shooting, arguing that he had been the victim of repeated physical attacks by the protesters that left him in fear for his life the day, that day in August 2020. For critics on both the left and right, Rittenhouse acquittal offered further evidence of the legal difference shown for, to self-defense claims by, claims by white men leading even conservative pundit Charles Sykes to opine if Kyle were black, he'd be dead. So we're going to get more into this conversation right now about if he were black, he'd be dead. Because listen, hey, if that's true, then that needs to be figured out. Like that needs to be discussed. Okay? Like, can we all admit, well, I'm, I'm not saying it is true. Because this is a unique situation, and every situation is very unique. If it is true, well, then we would want to fix that, right? I think that's what we want to do, is we would want to fix that problem, because I wouldn't like the fact that Kyle is still alive, and it's because he's white, and if he were black, then he'd be dead. I, I wouldn't like that, because I don't think Kyle needs to be dead. Yeah, Biden asked for his reaction to the news, immediately affirmed the, the judicial status quo. He said, quote, he affirmed the judicial status quo, which is saying, I stand by what jury is concluded. The jury system works. And that's what he said. He affirmed the judicial status quo. Yes, that is the judicial status quo. When a jury of your peers decides that you're not, not guilty, that you're, you're in fact not guilty. That's what was he supposed to do? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else. They say, okay, he said the jury system works. They say it does. Our country has become increasingly skeptical of the judiciary, with only 54% of Americans claiming a greater fair amount of trust in our federal courts compared to 67% just a year ago. The Supreme Court is experiencing a historic loss of faith, with only 40% of Americans supporting the high court. <laughs> We're not talking about juries, right? We're talking about the Supreme Court, people appointed by the president. That's a completely different thing than randomly plucking some people out of your town and asking them whether or not they're going to find you guilty. In a tweet, Representative AOC condemned, quote, a system functioning as designed and protecting those it was designed for, adding, my heart still breaks for the communities 
who will be denied and deprived in similar scenes across the country. So that's where you got to ask, like, is it in fact the case that if you were black, that that wouldn't, because that's what she, what she had to say was essentially right there was that this happened because he was white. If it were black, then it would have gone a different way. That's not saying that he should have gone to prison. I'm sure she would have, I'm sure she said that several times, but that's a, that's a different statement saying that if he were black, this would be different. That's a different statement. I hope everyone understands that. You could say, I could say right now, if Kyle were black, he would be dead or he would be in prison. Now, does that mean that I think Kyle should have gone to prison? No. That means that I think that there could be some kind of racial bias inside of the judicial system. I don't think that that's exactly the case. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a second, but we just have to realize that those are different statements and people don't seem to understand that. Elizabeth Warren said there are two justice systems in America. It's time to dismantle systemic racism and fundamentally transform our broken justice system. She's still on the campaign trail right now. Warden Warren is out there. For Americans on the political left, Rittenhouse's acquittal quickly became another example of how the presumption of innocence afforded so vigorously to Rittenhouse and the right-wing media often remains out of reach for black and brown Americans. Maybe we could unpack that, that statement right there. Why was, why was the presumption of innocence only afforded vigorously in the right-wing media? Like, even they can say that. Aren't you supposed to give the presumption of innocence to everyone? What? They're like talking about how this is a bad thing. Oh, the right-wing media presumed someone innocent until they were proven guilty in a court of law. Well, this terrible right-wing propagandic fascist media out there. Oh my God, it's awful presuming someone innocent. Now, if you say in a different situation where Kyle were black, then the right-wing media would not have presumed him innocent. Now that's a different scenario. Notice how this morning, this morning, earlier, I was thinking this morning when I was reading all the stuff about the thing that happened in Wisconsin. We don't know why the guy did what he did in driving through the parade. And that is how the media has covered it so far. We don't know why he did what he did. Now, are there a lot of um, tricky tweets out there that are uh, associated with him? Or that everyone is saying is from him before his media accounts, social media accounts were taken down? Yeah. But I don't know why he did what he did. No clue. I don't know if he had a plan to go and do that or if he was running from another scene and just happened to see, uh, decided he was going to go out in a, a blaze of glory. You know, when he was going, I have no idea what it was. And that's how the media should treat things. But that's not how the media treats things. They look at the color of a person or they look at what their political affiliations are and then they decide what the story, what the narrative is going to be afterwards. And that is not objective media that's not objective truth that's not the way that we should be covering things when we find out more information about this guy then we can talk more about that it looks like he was uh, sympathetic at least to the uh, blm cause looked to be pretty anti-police he also talked about how the government was just plainly lying to you all the time he had bad things to say about barack obama as well in some of his videos um, I don't know exactly what it was that happened. Maybe sometime we'll figure out what the actual motive is. And then we can talk about 
Why would that have taken place? Let's say that he did do this because of racial injustices, and that's why he did it. Well, then we can talk about that. We can talk about how we've been divided among race and how we're radicalizing people to do terrible things to people who never did terrible things to him, and we can have plenty of conversations about that, but I have no idea why the hell the guy did it so far, so I'm not going to go out there and say all that because I don't know what his actual motives were. All right? That seems to be pretty important right there. Now, getting back to the idea of if Kyle were black, then he would still be alive right now. One, that matters if that is the case. Two, that's, that's not exactly a condemnation of like what he did or anything. I don't know if people mean it that way or if they're just trying to make a point. But if they're saying that the guy should have been put in prison because that's what would have happened to a black person, then that's pretty freaking disgusting. Because you're not solving the actual problem. You got to get down to what the actual problem is right there. And if, in fact, this exact case happened, I mean, to the letter, everything happened and the guy was black instead of white and that guy would have gone to prison or he would have been killed by the police when he walked up to him with his AR-15, something like that, then that's, then that's important to know. But you shouldn't want to put Kyle Rittenhouse in prison because you think that that's what would have happened if he were black. You should want to actually solve the problem. Now, what people might say is that the problem is racism inside of the criminal justice system. Is there some of that? Sure, racism exists. I'm sure that's entirely possible that that's, uh, that that's what could have happened. It's entirely possible. Another thing that's important that people need to realize is that this is really an economic status issue. And it just remains the case that more often than not, um, if you are of a lower economic status, then you end up with a public defender versus a real nice private defender. And I'll tell you what, what the defense did for Kyle Rittenhouse in this, they were just a couple little things away, just a couple little turns away from this going to the guilty side. I believe anyway, just a little bit away. Maybe they spent a week less on this thing or a, or a few weeks less on this, on this case and they were real close to this going towards it being a guilty verdict. All right? And so maybe ask yourself, would a public defender put as much time in as a private defender did? I don't know. Well, who's more likely to have a public defender? Maybe the idea that you could afford a private defender is the actual problem and not really what the color of your skin is. Maybe the idea that you can actually pay someone to do all these things that they did. Now we'll get down to the issue of, well, you don't have the money to pay for it because of racism. We'll have to go down that path some other time. Also, one more thing here. Coming out tonight, as I understand, Kyle Rittenhouse will be on Tucker Carlson. I wonder how much he had to pay for that interview. I bet you that is the first really good chunk of change right there. But Rittenhouse is going to be on Tucker Carlson tonight. And a little bit of the interviews been released. He might end up saying some stuff that people don't like. I don't know, because from the blaze right here, thanks, Glenn. Rittenhouse backs BLM during interview, says race had nothing to do with the case. He said it had to do with the right to self-defense. Rittenhouse said in an interview, set to air on Fox News on Monday, that he supports the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, of course... We don't know if he actually does, okay? People on the left will say, well, he's just saying that so we don't kill him in a couple of years down the road. 
And people on the right will say, well, he's just saying that so they don't kill him a couple of years down the road. Kind of the same people, the same reason that people will, that live in China will talk good about the Chinese government, you know, so they don't kill you a little bit down the road. And so we don't know exactly what he feels about it. And he insists that he's not racist, despite media outlets and activists claiming otherwise. During the trial, Rittenhouse attorney argued their client was defending himself from attackers. In a clip on the upcoming Fox News, Tucker Carlson, Rittenhouse insisted, I'm not a racist person. I support the Black Lives Matter movement. I support peacefully demonstrating. Rittenhouse said during the interview, which will air, I believe there needs to be change. I believe there is a lot of prosecutorial misconduct, not just in my case, but in other cases. And it's just amazing to see how much a prosecutor can take advantage of somebody. And he's right about that. And what I hope people will realize on all sides of the aisle, that the prosecutor is the arm of the state trying to take all of your rights away from you. And they will abuse that position. They will do anything they can to win it. To, they are in it to win it, man. And they don't care what actually ends up happening afterwards. Sometimes, in fact, a lot of times, especially in violent cases, probably is what needs to happen. And they've done a lot of, a lot of really terrible things. You guys ever watch this, like the Innocence Project or anything like that? That's one of the most heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching things that I can watch is when I go like, go on, um, go on Netflix. And I think there's a show called the innocence files is what it's called on there. Literally. I, I'm like crying in every single episode. I cannot imagine one, the prosecutors being okay with doing the things that they did. And two, that person having to sit in prison for 20 years or more, knowing that they didn't do anything wrong, having to, to have their lives taken away from them. It's uh, it's absolutely disgusting. And now Kyle's out there talking about prosecutorial misconduct. Hopefully that will shed some light on that. Hopefully people from all sides of the aisle can shed some light on that. And we need to realize what that actually is. Like I said earlier, that is the arm of the tyrannical state extending out to try and remove your rights away from you. And they will do that as often as they possibly can, and it doesn't matter whether or not they're right about it morally, whether or not they're morally justified. They just want to. They just want that W in their win column. All right, y'all. We're not going to get to the other story in the stack today. This has already gone by almost an hour, man. Just by myself. Can you imagine if someone else were here trying to talk, <laughs> trying to talk over me while I was talking about this stuff. Jeez, that'd be ridiculous, man. It was dumb bleep of the weekend. That's right. I didn't set him up or we could vote on him. You guys just tell me in the group, who do you think said the, uh, who do you think said the dumbest thing? Was it Bubba Smuye? Uh, was it Corey Bush? Was it, um, let's see, what else did we have? We had AOC in there, Mark Ruffalo, Joy M. Reed. She's talking about it's helpful to remind ourselves, Colin Kaepernick, white supremacist, white supremacy, and terrorist acts of white supremacy and white supremacy. Corey Bush, um, the defendant, white supremacy, the system, white supremacy, black and brown, white supremacy, I'm hurt, I'm angry, white supremacy. Mark Ruffalo saying a bunch of stuff, don't make him angry, you wouldn't like him when he's angry. Um, or the whoever thought it was a good idea to compare the BLM writers to animals at the zoo. <laughs> that's my vote 
right there. I'll go ahead and skew the votes right there, thinking that that's like a good example. Oh man, look at this great argument I'm going to make. BLM writers are like animals at the zoo. <laughs> I love criminal justice reform and black people. I don't mess with the animals at the zoo, idiot. <laughs> what the heck? That's ridiculous, man. But it doesn't matter. Who cares? Just say whatever you want. Say whatever makes you feel good and whatever can get retweets. Okay, that's my official advice right there. My other official advice is to go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com. Chip in as little as $5 a month so you can watch live every single day. Comment, chat with us, talk back and forth, uh, get mad at each other and fight. And Joe will tell you why you're wrong. Either one of them. That's what will happen. Also, everyone's great and fun to talk to and it's really cool to see like over the weekend we have all these channels in the discord there's news there's dumb bleeps there's covid facts and there's all types of stuff through there there's a general chat channel there's a live podcast and just people putting in news stories and talking about stuff that's going on it's like having our own little network right here it's um it's really cool and yeah you get to have fun hating on chuck which maybe you know kind of a less fun episode today because we weren't able to hate on chuck very much today but also, you know, if you hate Chuck, then this is a pretty good episode overall. I don't know. The meme channel, too. I've gotten some good memes from there, for sure. Much appreciated on the memes. Very good. All right. If you share it, if you go to Locals, you do all those good things, then we will be right back here again tomorrow. Same Liberty Time, same Liberty Channel. Until then... Have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.